You're listening to Borderlands. Hey everyone, we are so glad that you're with us today. I'm Eric. And I'm Bethany. We've got some good conversation coming up on this episode because we're talking about one of my favorite topics. What's your favorite topic, Eric? Questions. Oh, okay. Fun story. Back when I was in elementary school, third grade actually, I think, back when I was in third grade, I was a very curious child. (laughs) I'm just very not surprised by that. (laughs) I remember growing up, my dad said that questions were like the best thing. Like if you don't ask questions, how are you going to find out? So if you have a question, ask it. And I remember I was in my, again, third grade classroom. You got in trouble, didn't you? For asking too many yes, questions. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> and now I love, that was actually one of the best teachers I've ever had. Hmm. And instead of saying, don't ask any more questions, she did like my curiosity. So I was given an allotment of paper clips each day. <laughs> and every time I asked a question, I had to give her a paper clip. And when I was out of paper clips, I could not ask any more questions. Wow. And I took it not too far, but there was, I like started stockpiling them <laughs> so that I could just use all of them in one day and she stopped calling on me. I thought you were going to say like, I just started stealing paper clips from the other kids. <laughs> just giving her my own. She gave me like the fancy, like multicolored ones. They were like white with like oh. dots and stuff on them. So, so I thought you'd like little Eric goes home. It's like, mom, I need 500 paper clips. Can we go to the store? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but I love questions. And I think that's because I really like to get to the bottom of something. But I think, I don't know if you're like this, but you can't just tell me that like two plus two equals four. Like I need to learn all about math. I need to know why it it equals four. Yeah. Which made calculus really tough because it was really hard to figure out all of it. Yeah. To learn some of it. So (laughs) it just made it kind of tough. It was actually really funny that you bring that up. And I'm not normally like a big math person, but I went to a private arts school. And I took liberal arts mathematics, which I know you're probably asking, what is liberal arts mathematics? I still don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So unfortunately, that question won't be answered. Um, But I remember my teacher, he was a super, super nice guy. But the way he went about teaching things just didn't make sense to me. Like it, Hmm. it needs to make sense in my brain for me to learn, which that makes sense. But I ended up just teaching myself the entire class. Oh, my gosh. So I would I'd be like, okay, we're doing chapter four. So I would go home and read chapter four and then just teach myself that lesson because I I couldn't get it from him. But I needed to know, I guess, the way my brain worked. I needed to know how I would learn. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. But I, I did enough calculus. I didn't have to do it in college, like oh, that's any nice. math. But I also wasn't like – I was a Bible major, so – I think I got yeah, like... Yeah, I was a journalism major, so it doesn't Yeah, I got really... <laughs> like tactile math credit or something. <laughs> Liberal arts mathematics again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're talking about questions and questioning today. So if you listen to the first episode of Borderlands, uh, we talked about what Borderlands is, like the concept and how it's the overlap kind of between the here and there. And we talked a lot about growth and learning. And if you haven't listened to it, we would encourage you to go back and listen to it after you finish this episode because there's a lot of good stuff there. But as we were talking about learning... Bethany and I both agreed that a lot of learning is based in questions. Yeah. And so we're kind of like diving into that a little bit. And we, I, I came to her and I said, I really want to talk about this concept, but I don't have a word for it. We couldn't think of any like questions. Questioning was kind of the best we could come up with mm-hmm. at the time. Right. But really, we want to talk about the intersection. So if I, I imagine like a triangle where the where like the top point is questioning and then you have curiosity and investigation. And I wanted to talk about the center of the triangle where all those things come together. Because curiosity seemed maybe a little too mild, a little too passive. Yes. Investigation was maybe a little too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So need it like a good... Yeah, I, I... You could say the borderlands of all of those words. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Forever we're going to say that. I, I think... I kind of connected some emotions to each of those words, which Mm. I think might be why I didn't want the definition of them. Interesting. So like, and I I took all of them positively. Okay. So I, I like to act out all of those verbs. I like to question. I like to investigate. I like to be curious. Mm -hmm. And, but like curiosity to me is also tied to like a positive emotional state. There's like, 
it, it's closer to love for me in a weird way. Interesting. Like if I really care about something, I'm I'm curious about it. Like I want to learn more. Yeah. Because it's really intriguing to me. You're not going to be curious about something that's like negative in your life, really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Some like investigation. That is a bit more. I almost said on my toes and on my heels. Like intellectually, I'm on my toes, like trying to like get to the bottom of something. Mm-hmm. But like emotionally, I feel like I'm on my heels when I'm investigating. It's like I, I feel defensive in, in a sense. Yeah, I also just watch a lot of crime shows, oh so gosh. that's really where my mind goes. But yeah, I- <laughs> so, sure. Um, <laughs> and then questioning, questioning actually comes to honestly, I think with a lot of baggage I, th- I think it's a word that comes with a lot of baggage that some people think it's really good some people think it's really bad some people could say why are you questioning me yeah yeah and I, I i also think questioning is a word that's tied to a lot of uncomfortable like cultural topics right now people are questioning x y or z and it like bothers this other group of people that don't think it should be questioned and th- there's just a lot mm-hmm. that goes into it yeah and i, I think we're, we'll probably get into that a little bit later on but like right before we recorded this like today (laughs) like literally 10 minutes ago (laughs) yes today i think i found the word that i think proper questioning curiosity and investigation is how you engage something to the fullest degree yeah now i might be wrong but that's what if (laughs) that's what seemed right (laughs) Like if I really want to engage and if something, wrong, let us know. <laughs> let me know. Tell me. Just tell me nicely. Uh, just kidding. You I mean, question kind of. him. <laughs> question me. But yeah, we want to talk about maybe how to engage something from an inquisitive perspective, because mm-hmm. each of these kind of have that question mark after them. Yeah. So, a- as we go into this concept, I wanted to take a few minutes and dive into. Bethany's perspective. Oh yeah. Because can you will you give us your credentials, please? Sure. Um, so I have a degree in journalism. Big deal. I have been published in a local paper. Hey, Not more like than a, most. You know. Yeah, okay. Um, I've, you know, written and talked to a lot of different people. Yeah. I went to school in Chicago. So um <laughs> man on the street interviews, that was my mm. first day of school. Okay. They were wow. like, go out. Go talk to someone. Go find someone interesting. Come back with a story. Like first day of school, I little eighteen year old Bethany did not know what she was doing. <laughs> um, but I actually found a girl in Grant Park who was coming over from Spain to teach. Wow! And she was like the coolest lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, that wasn't really my credentials, but it was a fun story. <laughs> yeah, I do love that you mentioned your degree and that you got your degree in Chicago, but you never mentioned your school. Oh. So I'm yep. just going to leave that there. Columbia <laughs> College, Chicago. <laughs> that matters a little bit. Shout out Columbia. <laughs> so I, I want to begin this conversation by asking you, our resident journalist, a question about questions. So as a journalist, when you are trying to learn or write about something, how do you question a story? Because before you get to your answer, that mm-hmm. question that's a positive question. Yeah. Like you're not questioning to like critique it. It's like I want to learn blank. Yeah, so, like if you're given a story, how do you even go about? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? Um, so I think there's a couple things. And I, I had thought about this, but now I'm thinking about other things. So I have a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is I try to find where the beginning of the story is. Mm. Because okay. at night, it might not be, obviously, it's not going to be the most recent thing. The beginning might not even be the most newsworthy thing or maybe the most important thing. Yeah. But it gives you context. And I think context is really important to a story. Context. Okay. Also finding out like who the main players are. So if you're in a story mm, okay. with, you know, 50 people involved in something, whatever it is. Yeah. Who are those main voices who are telling that story to you? And what maybe some of their biases would be if you're oh, even okay. thinking that far. Um, okay. I think that's a good point. So mm-hmm. pause. Yeah. I'm pausing. Okay. <laughs> We describe bias. I think this is a term that, at least in my education, I came across it a lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if everyone really understood it. So 
I think people tend to think biases are bad things. Right. Everyone has a bias. Correct. I don't, you know, I don't care who you are. You have a bias because it's the way that you have been shaped. Mm -hmm. It's how you've grown up. It's what you've been exposed to, what you've been around. So bias is just kind of your viewpoint. And like my viewpoint's not going to be the same as your viewpoint. Mm -hmm. We've grown up in different places. You know, we're different genders. We're different ages. We have experienced different things. So your bias, I really think is just to simplify it, like your outlook on life, what you believe, what you think. Yeah. I I appreciate that because I I think you said a few like really important things that a lot of people think bias is bad. Mm -hmm. I think it can be bad, but it doesn't have to be bad. Right. It's not bad by nature. Yeah. And that we all have bias, whether we want to or not. We all have bias. Yeah. All right, continue. So, yeah, like I said, find find key players, find the beginning of the story, and then, and this is important, and I know you you and I have talked about this, don't just get one side of the story. Mm, Yes. Because, again, we all have biases, so you're going to just, if you're going to get one side of the story, you're going to have just that one bias, that one viewpoint, and that's going to color the entire story. Mm. And there's always more than one side to the story, always even if you don't think there is. Yeah. Our teachers in school would be like, you need to at least have three sources in every small story you write. Is Wikipedia a source? <laughs> no. <laughs> three people sources. Three people sources. Mm-hmm. So you can use, you know, whatever journal you find mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, but three people you've talked to that you've questioned. I think it's really fun to ask three people the same exact question and see oh. how different of a response you get. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I wasn't a journalism major, but our schools place an emphasis on primary sources. Mm -hmm. So like if I said, Bethany said that she hates Starbucks, (laughs) I'm a secondary source. But if someone went and talked to you, you're the primary source. Right. Or you're saying, no, I don't hate Starbucks. I like it. Eric lied. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I love that. I want to jump in because I think you might have more to this answer. Mm -hmm. But before you get to that, so many things are like going off in my head about this multiple points of view Mm -hmm. thing. So recently uh, for a class, I actually, I'm assigned a lot of TED Talks. If you don't know what TED Talks are, I would encourage (laughs) you to just look up TED, T-E-D. It actually stands for Technology Engineering and Design, I think. Tell me how I, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, it's an acronym. okay. And it's this conference. It's been around for a while, um, but it's this big conference that people go and they listen to the top speakers across the globe. And they're usually like pretty concise, um, but it costs like $5,000 to attend the conference. Really? Yeah. It, well, it's really popular now. Oh, I don't know right. what it used to, but like now I looked into it and I, I cannot afford it. Eric's <laughs> like, maybe I'll go. <laughs> but, right. Oh, I did think that. And then I saw the price tag. But uh, I was assigned a TED Talk um, by this woman. And she was from, I think she was from Nigeria. I know she was from the continent of Africa Mm -hmm. and she was an author and she was talking about the importance of not believing the single story is what she called it. Mm -hmm. And she used her own life as an example, how she went to university and was writing and she wrote a story and she turned it in to her professor and he said, this isn't any good. It's not authentically African. Mm. And she said, how? It's about my context, where I grew up, and I'm African. Yeah. And her point was, well, the characters weren't starving and destitute and poor and living in dirt houses. They were kind of middle class, and they went to a school, and they could speak English and the native language. Mm -hmm. It did not fit this guy's view of what Africa was, Mm -hmm. so it didn't work. And that was also his bias, too. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, like, those, like, go together and how... So her her whole point was that people believe these single stories, mm-hmm. how there's this is a person and this is who they are and this is what they do. We do this a lot with those who are homeless or houseless and that I see them, they are either on a street corner or just walking down and I identify them as poor, mm-hmm. but I never think of them beyond that. I don't think of them as somebody's son or daughter or husband or wife or anything like that. Yeah. And I, I'm going to get real, real deep here for one second. That's okay. Maybe not deep, really intellectual. 
I learned a word a year ago in school that stuck with me and it's given me so much like wonder out of it that I keep bringing it up. It's called polyvalence. Say that five times fast and you'll sound like... Polyvalence, 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 polyvalence. Give her a hand, everyone. That was amazing. (laughs) But it's this concept that there can be multiple layers of reality to something. Mm -hmm. So it's a literary term, but like I can read a story and you can read a story and Bethany can read a story and we can all get a different main point out of it. Yep. Are we... Are two are two of the three of us wrong? No, no, not necessarily. Yeah. It there's just layers to the story, and we each engaged a different layer better than the other. Mm-hmm. So if you talk about trying to think of a, a dumb story, like the Three Little Pigs, some people might say, "I really think the most important part of that story was the pig that built with straw, because that's how I connected to my childhood." Someone else would connect with, is it a fox? I don't know, maybe a bear. It's not a bear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, The bad one. I tried to pick a story that I knew all the the details. I was like, I don't even know the story of the three little pigs. Well, the one builds a house with sticks. The other builds a house with straw. Then the other one builds a house with brick. So how they have such different resources, I don't know. Right, but you can like connect. That's why I did. (laughs) That's it. I only care about the bricks. Um, But you can connect with a different part of the story. Sorry, maybe a bad example. But you can connect to different parts of the story and you can all still be correct. Well, that's just like what I was saying when I could question three different people. Exactly. Have the same question and they could all have a different answer. But that doesn't mean that they're all wrong or like to, yeah, like you said. Exactly. And I want to point this out because we're not even in the discussion. If you can believe it, Bethany is still in her answer. (laughs) But a lot of people want to question something, but they don't want to hear a different answer. Mm -hmm. And they might think that if they hear a different answer that, one of the two people are wrong and there's no space for both of them to be correct. Right. Now that's not always true. Like if I said, what color is this desk? I was just about to say, what color is this desk? <laughs> and if Bethany says it's green and I say, no, it's like brown. What if I'm colorblind though? Well, I guess that's possible. <laughs> um, I have the higher chance of that. Yeah. But like, no, the, the desk is not both green and brown yeah. because I want it to be like, it does not always work. But it doesn't never work, I think, is the point that I'm trying to make. There's mm-hmm. some things that you can see the polyvalence in and how there's different layers and different like perspectives on one thing that you can all agree on. Because I think it's more emotion-based, maybe. Mm. It's not yeah, like... Sometimes. You know, yeah. not all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 but yeah. it's not like a factual thing that we're talking about, like you said, like, what color is that? But it's more like, how did you perceive something? Yes. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I think... Well, I can't jump into that. That's a whole other rabbit trail. <laughs> but like how people like come into a situation can really have an effect on what they take out of it. Mm-hmm. Just like you can have um, eyewitnesses to something where they think a person is, they look like a criminal and they're a really terrible person and someone else thinks they were just out for a light jog and someone else thinks that they were the victim of something and running away. Right. And that a lot of that has to do with the eyewitness like bias is why going into the situation testimony is not always preferred. You are correct. Anyways. <laughs> All right, so so back to your answer. So establish a context. I think that's really big. Establish yeah. context. That is huge. Understand and gather or understand that there are and gather multiple points of view. Mm-hmm. They aren't all probably going to look or sound like yours. Mm-hmm. And more than just yours exists. <laughs> that's definitive. Yeah. Is there anything else to questioning a story? I think the last thing, and to kind of sum it up, I think I just said, eliminating noise. Mm. And what I mean by that isn't necessarily sound. <laughs> like noise-canceling headphones? Yeah, not that. That's um, how I study the best. Eliminate all of the stuff that is not the main point. Mm. So whatever the main point of your story is, everything that you have gathered, everything that you know, you've learned needs to back that up. Yeah. Okay. So I I had this story that I wrote in college. <laughs> okay. This lady, um, she had a crazy life, and I don't even remember all of the details, so I'll kind of sum it up. But basically, she was in, she was like a police officer or in the FBI or something like that, and she ended up getting out of that because of sexism and sued, mm-hmm. like, the force and all this kind of stuff. But she ended up writing a whole comic book series. Okay. 
about this little girl who was like a superhero and it was like kind of based off her life. It, she was just like the coolest lady. <laughs> she met me randomly in a subway because we, <laughs> she gave me an address on where to meet her, but it was the wrong address. So then I was just like, well, I'm at this subway. And she goes, I'll find you. So we had <laughs> a 45 minute talk in a subway. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but during that talk, you know, she's telling me all about her life. And the main point is the comic book because that was just coming out there was going to be a whole mural on like some wall in Chicago. Okay. So cool. it was, you know, that was the mm-hmm. story. And she had mentioned offhand that like years ago her like house had burned down and she lost like all of her belongings. Huh. And it was so sad. And I was just like, oh my <laughs> goodness, you know? And I remember putting that in the story because I was like, I have to add that. Right. <laughs> and a few of my classmates were reading the story and they were like, wow, this this lady's great. She's amazing. I would take out the part about her house burning down, though. <laughs> and I was like, but why? And they were like, because that's not the point that you're trying to make here. That's not the point mm. of the story. It's crazy detail. Yeah. But it's it, exciting. Yeah. But that's that's not related to the point. Hmm. And I think that's important. I think you're right. I, I think I think that, I mean, I think that one and all the other points apply to so many things. Yeah. Not just questioning. Like, I think those are great, like, Life rules, you know, get a good context, no multiple points of view, stick to the point. Uh, But I think, I think that's a big thing to point out because I've been in, I'm not in arguments very often. I'm around a lot of pretty gentle people. Yeah. So I can't imagine Uh, arguing actually. (laughs) Debate, you know, disagreement. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I disagree with people from afar, you know, like I've listened to their podcast or read something and I'm like, I don't agree with them. Yeah. And I think I've noticed a lot of times people try to make arguments with pieces of information that don't connect to the main point. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, I, that that was like my first thought when you said that, how like so many people want this or that to be a thing because of, and you're like, you're waiting for this like real answer and then it yeah, comes out like, of left field. But this, and you're like, okay, but how does that relate <laughs> to what we're actually discussing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But it's too often I, I really do think that happens. Right? I'll, I'll be – it comes up to me – I I thought of this, but I didn't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> and when people debate theology, mm-hmm. they'll, like, claim some other random piece of theology as support. But it's like this weird support circle, you know, mm-hmm. and none of them actually have to do with the main point. Yeah. It's like, well, they pull out this scripture or that scripture or another scripture, but none of them actually have to do with the scripture or chapter or book or whatever we're talking about or even the concept. So I I think that's a really big deal. Um, And I love all of those things because I want to zoom back out uh, and take those concepts to everyday life. So outside of journalism, you know, into living and growth. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to grow, context is huge context of where you are yeah i i don't know someone told me this like used this phrase in my life i don't remember who it was but like it stuck with me they said you don't have to be honest with me but be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and if you aren't honest with yourself then it's kind of irrelevant <laughs> to even like talk about what we're talking about right so like if you're looking to grow context is a big is really big recognizing where am i am i ready to grow Am I not ready to grow? Um, but also, as I go to question something else, like, am I questioning this from a pure heart, from a biased heart? Am I questioning this or investigating or curious about this because I want something else to be the answer or because I actually want to find out what the answer is? Yeah. Like, when I was saying that biases aren't necessarily bad, Mm-hmm. I think they're bad when you don't recognize them. Yes. When you know what your bias is and you know sometimes you come from a place of X, Y, or Z. Yep. That's one thing. But when you don't recognize or you can't accept that, that's when I think it becomes a negative thing. Yeah. I I think that's something I'm learning Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm in, in a lot of my Bible classes, we, we talk about context, where you're from, kind of your perspective. And I'm in the like dominant category in so many demographics. Yeah. I'm a white male 
middle, to me, I'd say middle class, but globally upper class, Mm -hmm. college educated, almost master's level educated. Yeah. Uh, I've been in my, my job for almost five years. So I'm not like a recent hire, like everything I'm in, like the, not necessarily the dominant, the, like the group of power, the group of power, I guess, whatever you want to call that. I guess dominant in a different sense, not yeah. not majority, like you know the dominating conversation. And too often, or not too often, I've often tried to talk with my classmates about like eliminating that, like hey, you know, I want to defer to some other perspectives. And a lot of people who have different demographics than me say, no, we don't want you to like you shouldn't eliminate your perspective. Right. You just need to recognize it, <clears throat> recognize mm-hmm. where you're coming from, recognize how you are approaching the Bible or approaching life or approaching this or that, and then engage with people who approach it differently. And I think also using, and maybe we're getting off on a separate maybe, discussion, maybe a little bit. but That's okay. using your voice to elevate others as well. Yes. The people who aren't heard as much. Well, and that's actually something people in my classes have told me. Yeah. They say like, hey, because I am dot, 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 my voice isn't listened to as much. So instead of trying to get rid of the power you have, we would love for you to elevate other people's voices right. and, and listen to those. So that, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I think yeah. it was a good one. <laughs> I think it was beneficial um, because this questioning, it applies to a lot. You know, you can take, if you take the word questioning and toss in a different word into this podcast, you could probably take some good stuff out of it anyway mm-hmm. about other topics. True. <laughs> um, but we, we want to talk for a second about how questioning is a way to refinement, uh, which Sounds like a biblical concept, which it definitely is. <laughs> we'll say, it can be biblical it, it and a, not. So. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's not only biblical. Yeah. That, that's what I meant. It, it is biblical, but uh, I, I was reading a book and this, the author talked about how everyone goes through or, or everyone's called to transformation in life. Mm-hmm. But the quality of your life to some degree is based upon whether you want to walk through that transformation or not. And in scripture, a lot of times refinement is used as an illustration for the Christian walk and walking with God. Yeah. And they use the element of gold as that image. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know the process, um, refining is where you take a metal of some kind and you burn it to a certain degree to eliminate all the other metals that are inside of it. So one of the reasons gold is so valuable is because it can withstand a higher temperature than all these other metals. You know, I didn't actually know that. Yeah. So something new every day. Right. (laughs) So they would like not burn it, but like heat it to the temperature that only gold can withstand so that they know that it's pure and there is no other gold or no other metal besides gold inside of it. There's no silver. There's no aluminum or steel, only gold. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what that process actually is and the fact that it's talked about a lot in scripture, that's kind of terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So maybe, maybe don't say heat because humans can't really handle that much heat, but like, I certainly can't. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like there's so much pressure or whatever that all like there's, we walk through these things in life with the Lord, Mm -hmm. but as we go through them, we are refined and the lesser things are taken away from us Mm -hmm. and not dropped, but like eliminated. Like it can't withstand this. It can't withstand this. It can't withstand this. And the image is that as we journey closer and closer to Christ, we are refined more and more and more pure away from these things that don't belong in our lives. Mm. So we want to instill the concept that questioning or proper engagement, whatever way we want to go. Right, either one. Curiosity, investigation. That's a route towards deep refinement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people stunt their refinement or transformation process, especially in their Christian life, because they don't want to question. Well, and I think as adults, we just stop questioning. Like yeah. you were talking about like when you were in school, you know, you asked your teacher so yep. many questions. Yep. When you're in school, like... That's basically what you're taught to do is question. Yeah. And then as an adult, it's kind of like, okay, you can stop learning now. You can stop questioning. Right. <laughs> and it's like, no. Oh, yeah. 
it's like learned questioning or learned non-questioning. Yeah. It's one of those more caught than taught things. No one says stop questioning, but you leave the classroom and you just take what you know. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I, I think you're right. And I think there's also this, I've not heard anyone specifically say this exact phrase, but the idea that I don't want to ask these questions because I don't want to know what the answer is. I feel like that is so, I mean, that's me, first of all. I've, <laughs> I've felt that. I've done yeah. that. Um, I just feel like a lot of people are like that because it's, it's like, uh, what is it? Something is bliss. What is the word I'm trying to think Ignorance. Of? Ignorance is bliss. Thank you. I was like, what? <laughs> like that ignorance is bliss. Like yeah. if I don't, if I don't know, then I'm not going to stress about it. Or I'm not going to worry mm-hmm. about it. So I'll just keep going and not even, you know, think about that. Yeah. Or, or like it, if I don't learn a different answer, I don't have to change what I'm doing. Ooh, that too. <laughs> the, the, there's a psychological term for this. I don't remember what it is, but it's the idea that we tend to change our beliefs before we change our behaviors. Hmm. And so like I could say I should exercise and I want to do this, mm-hmm. but exercising is hard and I like my couch and I'd rather watch Netflix. So I'm going to change my belief that I don't actually need to exercise before I decide, no, I'm going to stick with this and change how I live. Yeah. But all of that comes back to whether I choose to properly question something or not. Yeah. Do I need to change? Do I need to adjust? Is this true? Is this false? And that can be scary. Questioning, I think, leads to stronger belief. If done properly, I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And and I think that's the refinement process. Mm -hmm. Like at work. So I kind of, I kind of envision. I wish you guys were with us because I'm using my hands. <laughs> um, it's like you you have something and you're holding it out in front of you, mm-hmm. seeing if it can withstand the fire. Yeah. Um, so it's like a lot of us we believe things and we think it's true and we like hold it really close because we we want it to be true, but we're too afraid to like reach out and expose it to the elements or to questioning. Because then what if whatever. that belief is wrong? Because what if it's wrong? Yeah. And then what do you do? But then if you're always going to have that fear that what if that belief is wrong, are you ever truly believing in it? That's a good question. Question. <laughs> if you will never expose what you believe to questioning, do you truly believe it? Yeah. And I think I think the inverse uh, it is very true in that if it is true, it's going to withstand any question anyway. Right. So I, I think that's where we, we kind of go back to <laughs> that concept of do I want to be comfortable or do I want the truth? Mm. Yeah. That is really interesting. Sometimes Eric will just say things like even in casual conversation with me and I like literally have to take a 10 minute pause because oh I'm just gosh. like, yeah, I've never thought about that. <laughs> well, I don't know why I have, but I, have. <laughs> but I, I think that's something that we can, that we would encourage you to carry. I mean, I'm trying to carry. Yeah. Like it, it's really difficult. I remember I, I loved college because it was, it was that kind of space where this stuff was done on purpose. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think it happens in life and we can, we can do it on purpose, but in typical everyday life, it's more done by accident. And so this was done on purpose. And I remember being in a Bible class and a professor you know, brought something up and he talked about this concept and it like shook me mm-hmm. because I'd never thought of it that way. And what I believed was really put to the test. So I, I like gingerly kind of reached that out, <laughs> you know, into the classroom space. I'm like, okay, this is what I believe. And it wasn't torn to shreds, but the professor was like, well, here's all the reasons why I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. And it was almost to the point where like, I couldn't even carry it with me anymore. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. Like I I can't, I can't stick with this because it's, it's not, it doesn't hold water. And for gosh, like six months, I felt like lost. Because it was the thing that I clung to for so long. I was about to say, sometimes when you have those beliefs that you're so afraid to question, 
those become like the pillars of your identity in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a theology or something about yourself or yeah. you know whatever it is, if you don't want to question it, honestly, I think that comes back to more fear about it being wrong than conviction about it being right. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm so convicted that it's right, not bo- like boastful is the wrong term, but like there's some confidence in it. Yeah. Like, no, I know this is right. I- I'm going to let it stand up against anybody. But if I'm actually terrified that it's going to be wrong and I don't want it to change, then I get really defensive about it. Yeah. And I know I'm not going to expose this because, well, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you deflect. Yeah. You know, you, you, you try to give all these responses that aren't part of the main point. Exactly. And you don't actually defend. <laughs> it all leads back. <laughs> right. It, it all does. You, you don't actually defend what you don't want to be questioned. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's huge. Yeah. Ask questions. Going back to the kind of like refinement part of it all, you talking about college. This reminded me of my college experience as we've been Mm -hmm. talking about that as well. Um, Again, shout out Columbia College Chicago. Um, (laughs) But I remember, I mean, going from living in, you know, Downriver, Michigan area to going to Chicago, a big city by myself. (laughs) Um, I just learned so much about other people Hmm. and just being in different surroundings and learned so much about that. But then I really began thinking like, okay, what I have grown up with, what I have believed is any of that right? Mm -hmm. Because now I'm being shown, you know, 800 other different points of views. So like, am I very, very certain in mine? Oh yeah. And it like truthfully led back a lot to my faith of being like, you know, I've grown up in the church I went to church every Sunday. I, you know, taught the little kids Sunday school, <laughs> yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And then now I'm out here by myself and I'm realizing, okay, is this what I really want? Mm. And so I think questioning, like I said, it, it it can lead to stronger belief because it did for me. Like I, I questioned and realized, okay, no, this is actually something that I want. But I needed to do that or else I think I still would have just thought, was this something that I was just placed in and it's because of my circumstance? Yeah. I, I think, okay, I, I love that. And I think that'll help us like move into the next thing. Mm-hmm. Is And so I hear a lot of people talk about, especially with Christianity, not bad mouth, because I do think it comes from a, a, a good heart. Yeah. But they talk about how many people our age are leaving the church and they're leaving the faith. And they it's like, the general narrative is they were at church and then they left and then they started questioning everything and then they just threw Jesus in the trash can, basically. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't think that's true. No. <laughs> um, but I, so first, I, I think that might come from, it, it comes from different views on questioning. Mm-hmm. So A, I think maybe if there was more questioning that happened before the person left, that might have helped prepare them to engage something different. Yeah. But I I think now this is coming from someone in their 20s and someone else in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Early 20s. No, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, in their 20s. But I think there is definitely a generational difference in how we view questioning, mm-hmm. like in general. Yeah. I, if I were to define it, so if you are over the age of 45, we'd love to hear from you on this. Like, please, please, please. I actually, uh, we seriously do, though, because yeah. we're coming from, again, being around the same age. And I'm almost 40. I think 40, there might be a but bit of yet. a difference. <laughs> <laughs> almost. But no, we, we agree. And if you disagree with this, I want to hear this, too. But from my perspective, it, it seems like the previous generation and even the generation before them, so the baby movers and Gen X, questioning seems to come as like this kind of distrust. Like, if I'm questioning it, I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to dive into that in a second. Versus millennials, Gen Z, coming to questioning as this way of, like, sifting life and caring for what is actually a part of life. Yeah. It's like you want to come to a better understanding of something. That's why you're questioning it. Yes. There's interest there. You're not just going to question something you don't care about. Right. So from from our perspective, because uh, we, we, Bethany and I, we did talk about this beforehand because um, this one really mattered to us. We talked about it for a very long time, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we, so again, if you disagree, this is 
from us, this is a sincere heart, but please talk to us. We'd love to have this conversation. And it's not necessarily a negative thing either. Agreed. 100% agreed. So I feel like I cut you off. No, you're good. I was just going to say, I just think, I mean, I think it's very obvious there are generational differences Mm -hmm. and differences aren't, like we said, like they're not a bad thing. It's just, I don't even know, maybe the way we were raised, what was going on at the time. There's so many things that can lead to that. Yeah. So like when I think back to what I've been shown and learned about, you know, the 40s and 50s and 60s, there was a lot going on, but in a different way. Yeah. So there was a lot happening nationally. There was a lot happening internationally, but you didn't see it all on your phone. Yeah. If you want to learn about something, you read it in the newspaper, you listen to the radio, or you talk to the people that lived in your proximity. Mm-hmm. That was it. There were fewer voices in life. You didn't have 1,800 news channels you could turn to. Exactly. Yeah. So if you were questioning your neighbor, well, that you're questioning them because you don't trust them. Because you only have, you know, 20 voices in your life, you, generally speaking, you, I think you understand what I mean. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have many voices in your life. So to question that person means I'm not going to really trust them versus Bethany and I and people our age and definitely even more so the people younger than us. Yeah. We grew up with all of these voices. And not all of them are going to be correct. Most of them aren't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them aren't. We were just talking about like last episode, like a Twitter feed. You're not oh, just yeah. going to scroll down your Twitter feed and be like, oh, no yeah, way. that tweet's right. That tweet's right. No. That tweet's right. You know? Honestly, like as you go through Twitter, it's really like you pick out the ones that are right. Mm-hmm. And most of them are wrong. So for our generation, we kind of talked about how to question something is actually a form of like caring for it because I care enough to dive deep into this concept and this topic. Like I want to actually learn about this and dissect it and understand it. And it's worth me deciphering what voices are good and bad mm-hmm. instead of I could just be ambivalent about it, ignore it, don't care, whatever mm-hmm. about so many things. I don't, I don't sift through. Yeah. I just, I just had a story pop in my head cause I was okay. thinking about this. And it's funny, coming from, like, the journalism background that I have, um, fact-checking is very important as well. Yes. That is something I think I left out of the, the storytelling kind of thing. But fact-checking, mm-hmm. important. Um, so I was, I was hanging out with a friend, and uh, their aunt, who's a little bit older, um, I'm not going to guess her age, but a little <laughs> bit older, <laughs> and she asked, and it was one of my journalism friends, and she asked, uh, what what fact checking site should I should I look at? Mm, like I yeah, wanna yeah. I wanna have a few different sites that where if someone tells me something, I can go and fact check that. And I was like, I love huh. that she asked that. Yeah. Because I feel like, first of all, not a lot of people would ask that right. question. Oh my gosh, no. But also that's so important because people could say anything now. Like on the internet, you can say anything you oh, want. Oh yeah. Probably someone will believe you too. Oh, I, I can make a website and a podcast and a blog and have it literally from nothing to everything in less than a day. Mm-hmm. Like if I wake up at eight o'clock, I can have all that stuff set up and run by lunch. Yeah. That, that is the internet. So I think it's definitely important to recognize, again, no one knows all of the answers, has, you know, knowledge on everything. But also it's our job to figure out, I think, what is actually truthful. Yeah. And I think for those of you who are afraid of questioning or you don't like it or it's not second nature, mm-hmm. maybe you are you know, older than us, I, I would challenge and say that we actually question most things every day. Mm-hmm. If you're choosing what restaurant to go to for lunch, you're questioning. And in a positive way, yeah. it's a good thing. Like, no, I don't like, I'm not going to go to that place. I don't like their appetizers or that place. No, they cook their burgers like real dry. I'm not going to eat those. (laughs) Or like, no, this is the bad Panda Express because they skimp on soy sauce and they never have stuff in stock. I'm going to go to the good Panda Express. I'm going to go to the good Panda Express. (laughs) It's questioning, you know, what am I wearing today? Mm -hmm. No, do these things look good? Do they not look good? You know, normal life things, questioning is there. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of circling back, but that's where it gets into that fear that 
desire, like I want this to be true versus like I'm confident that it is true and that I don't really care. I mean, I care, but I don't really care what I have for lunch. Yeah. It's just lunch. I'm going to have lunch again tomorrow. Right. But how I feel about myself or how I view this thing in scripture or how I view this person or how I've seen this topic, I, I might want that to be true so much that I'm not, I'm not willing to question it the way I question a lot of other things in my life. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, like for me, when I was questioning, like I said, like in college and all that kind of stuff, I just needed someone to tell me that it was okay. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I grew up with this thought that if you're questioning something, that's disrespectful yes. or it's, you know, wrong, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to my Aunt Deirdre. Um, <laughs> I remember one day I was sitting on her couch and I was telling her all this and she just said, it's okay. And I just, I needed that simple <laughs> thing yeah. to just be like, okay, I can actually process this. Yes. Yeah. I, I would be the same way. Like I, I connected, man, these are two great people. Deirdre and my college Bible professor <laughs> to, like to say like, you can think outside of the box that you grew up with. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be that way. It still can be that way. Right. It doesn't have to be. There's more, there's more than one way to see this. And it's not in that circle of definitive, only one answer. Yeah. So I, I, I think in our, um, our pre-recording, you said it all comes back to relationship. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. And I think... Honestly, that that was what we talked about. The previous generation didn't question because they had the strong relationships. Right. You know, no, I, I trust this person. I trust my family. I trust my neighbors. I trust my church community. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, by nature of the internet, by nature of so much content, by nature of so many things, it's harder to find those relationships yeah. So we question, but we question so that we then can have those good relationships mm-hmm. with others, um, with myself. You know, having the confidence to ask something is um, nature of having a, a good relationship with myself. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to be questioning a stranger you've just met. Yeah, probably. Well, did you meet him on Facebook? Well, just <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, I get no. what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it, and, and even. It comes back to your relationship with Jesus. Mm. Uh, I had a professor. No, he wasn't a professor. He was the president emeritus of Taylor when I was like a freshman. I was like, the president of the United <laughs> States? <laughs> the president. Um, Barack Obama almost followed Bethany on Twitter this week. You can ask her about it some other time. Um, almost may or may not be a loose term. But no, the president Brock, of if Taylor. Brock, listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was the president emeritus of the school. It was the first chapel I ever went to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is like a decade ago now. I'm old. So, ooh. <laughs> um, but all I remember was he said, basically, you can ask questions because nothing is going to jump out from under a rock and eat God. Mm. He's not surprised by your question. Yeah. He's not surprised by other people's answers. Like. He can handle it. He can handle it. Yeah. He can handle it. He can handle it. And I think the Lord would have more anger for the fact that you were trying to hide it. Mm. You know? He already knows. <laughs> I, I really do give people a lot of credit, and I think people are amazing, and God made them wonderful. Uh, but some of the best, like, God-human illustrations I've ever had in my mind, like, is, like, the relationship between, like, a human and their pet. You know, <laughs> and like, I, I love my dog. His name's Cairo. He's an Italian greyhound. He's so bizarre. And sometimes he just does stuff that's like weird. <laughs> like, I don't like, he'll get a bone and it's not a real bone. It's like one of those like plastic ones that he can eat. Mm-hmm. And then he'll like try to bury it like in the couch <laughs> or like in the carpet. And he's like, he's, we've had couches his whole life. You know, we, we've lived indoors his whole life. And like I'm just looking at him, I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, and I'm not like mad at him. 
Right. But it's just like, why? Yeah. And I think, I, I, I don't think God's like mad at us. Yeah, I guess maybe anger is not the right word, but like. Yeah, well, and I think that's what I was trying to get to because yeah. I, I think I agree with what you actually meant. And like, in, instead of God. He's just more kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why, why don't you bring it up? Yeah. Let, let's talk about it. You know, because again, like gold refined, the truth is going to withstand any question. And I like to think of all of the questions that the disciples asked in the Bible. Oh. Like they asked so many questions where the Lord already knew the answer. Like Jesus <laughs> already knew how he was going to provide. Like, what are we going to eat for lunch, Jesus? Yeah. Like, well, that kid down there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he already knew, but they still had to ask first. Yeah. Like, he never did anything without them asking first. Yes. No, I, I love that. And I agree. And I, I think circling back to growth you know, via questioning, what if your next step in growth comes out of asking your next question? Mm. Instead of digging your heels into the last answer you heard, it comes out of the freedom of asking the next question mm-hmm. or asking the next series of questions. Yeah, letting or, yourself actually ask them instead yeah. of just thinking about asking them. Yeah, or just being afraid that you could be wrong or you don't want to, you don't want Mm-hmm. You're so afraid of just confidently saying, Jesus, here's my question. It's not it's not like tightly grasping saying it's letting go. Yes. Yeah. I love that analogy. That's good stuff. Questioning. Questioning. I, I love this topic. Uh, I don't know if you guys could tell that we both really like it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it's so good. We'll have another episode about this at some point in the future. I don't know when. No promises, but I love it so much. <laughs> I'm sometime. sure we will. Uh, but we're glad you guys were here. Um, we're so glad that you're listening to the Borderlands podcast. There is so much that goes into this. A lot of thought, a lot of desire, a lot of care, honestly, um, because we want you guys to grow. Mm-hmm. We, we want you guys. So we love questioning. We want you guys to love questioning. So we, we would encourage you continue this discussion. Talk to the people in your life around you. Take this to lunch. Take it to church. Take it to work. Take it home, the dinner table, wherever. Yeah. But put it into practice. Put it into practice. Yeah. All right. That's good. Thanks for listening to the Borderlands podcast, everyone. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time. Talk to you. Yeah.